welcome to episode 131 of Together BHA. My name is Josh. Uh, we were not uh, on <laughs> my cat just opened the door behind me. I wonder what the hell that was opening my door. Um, we uh, we were not on Twitch last week uh, covering the the game that we played due to um, the the social media blackout. Uh, but we are back this week to discuss the, the Brighton game uh, and just about everything else that went with it. Um, it was uh, one of those games that was, as per usual with Brighton, it feels like a game of two halves. Uh, truly, the, the cliche is spot on. Um, but it was very much the Albion's doing uh, this week that, that caused all the problems. Um, the red card was the huge game changer, the huge moment changer. Um, and from then on, it felt like, you know, the total change in, in, in trajectory took place. Um Everything before that, you know, I thought was going pretty well. Uh, and then, of course, everything just went to pot after the fact. Um, first of all, let's talk about a couple of other things. Uh, first of all, my Patreon. Uh, thank you to my Patreons. Uh, let me call them out right now. Uh, there are 12 of them, so get ready. Uh, Nick Murray, uh, you have been a long time uh, Patreon, August the 8th. Uh, so Nick Murray, thank you. Uh, Daniel Lawrence, Alex Pressland, Sarah Ellis, William Montgomery, Nick Axford, John Fitzpatrick, Ezra Thompson, Kenny Shalita, uh, Tom Shelley, the Stateside Seagulls, and Justin Brentnell. Thank you very much for your Patreon uh, subscriptions. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, as always, if any of you would ever like to come on the show, let me know and we will organize it immediately. Uh, if anybody else would like to come on uh, and give their view, let me know in the chat and I will be able to provide you a link to come on today uh, and talk about the show, uh, talk about the, the game itself. Um, there are a couple of things to discuss before we get to the game itself. Uh, first things first, the Bizuma rumors. Um, just this morning, uh, the Times uh, has came out saying that they have it on good knowledge um, that Bissouma is leaving the club. Uh, he has put in a transfer request uh, and we will be looking at £30 million valuation uh, is the is the rumour from the Times. Um, utter bollocks, in my opinion. Um, I'll tell you why. There's, there's numerous things I find wrong with that idea. Uh, first of all, the idea that uh, we were we will take thirty million pound for him is absolutely bonkers. Um, I think you're going to be looking at north of forty all the way through. Andy Naylor has since came out and said the exact same thing uh, that forty million will be the the minimum amount of valuation we will be putting on him. Um, and then secondly. Basuma doesn't strike me as the kind of player to be putting in a transfer request. Uh, the reason being is just this week, um, Potter was on record uh, saying that in, in even in specific to Basuma, uh, that we're never looking at holding back a player from, from being successful. Um, and when it comes time for players to move on, we're not going to stand in their way as long as the price is paid. Um, at that point in time, why would Basuma feel the need to hand in a transfer request? It's the worst kept secret in the Premier League that all of these players are, all of these teams are interested in him. Um, we aren't going to hold him back. We've said it on record. And not only that, but it doesn't feel like the kind of dressing room uh, that would would have players putting in transfer requests. Um, Graham, Pot Graham Potter is a people person. Uh, he bases his entire coaching ethos on being 
uh, a man of the people, so to speak. So I can't imagine that Bissouma would have to present a transfer request at any point in time. This is something that was probably discussed well in advance, has been, you know, well talked about. Everybody knows the way this is going to go. It's not a surprise to anybody. Um, and I think it's just sensationalist nonsense. Um, I think it's, you know, we all know that he's going. <laughs> um, and uh, and I think it's just absolutely mental that they've tried to make a big story out of it when there really isn't one. Um, On to the game itself, because uh, we will cover um, some other stuff that's gone on uh, in the league to this this week, really. Um, but there's been a lot going on at uh, the end of League One, the end of the Championship, the end of League Two. Uh, we'll touch on those uh, by the uh, by the end of the show today. Um, but really, there's there's the game itself had plenty of plenty of events going on anyway. Um, first of all, the game itself uh, substitutions in terms of uh, the, the players not starting. Um, we lost Joel Veltman calf injury, according to Andy Naylor. Uh, so we lost Joel um, and we moved in and brought in Jan Baksh instead. Um, looked like we started uh, with four at the back instead of a three uh, with, with White at right back, Webster and Dunk in the middle and Byrne on the left. Uh, and then Jan Baksh slightly further forward uh, and Trossard the same on the left-hand side. Welbeck, Welbeck and Mopai were running into the channels plenty as well, uh, but it certainly seemed like two banks of four uh, with Welbeck and Mopai playing in amongst each other. Didn't hate it. Looked good. Uh, we were well under the cosh for the first 10 minutes. Um, and, you know, we kind of sparked to life. And when we did spark to life, uh, we we really did uh, come alive. We, you know, within about 15 minutes uh, of the game, uh, we'd been under the cosh big time. And within five minutes of getting the ball back, we'd scored a goal. Um, Pascal Gross was looking excellent. Uh, he was all over it. Um, and, and for the most part, we probably played, well, no, I know I, we definitely played better in that first half than Wolves did. Uh, we came away in the first half uh, with five shots, three on target. Uh, Wolves only had the three shots, one on target. Uh, we allowed them slightly more possession. Um, but for the most part, you know, we were dominant. Uh, we we out-cornered them. We out-tackled them. We won, aerial, we won aerial duels for fun. Um, they didn't have a great deal of height in that area, but they seemed intent on pushing it in there. Um, and, and, you know, we did a general good job of keeping them very quiet indeed. Uh, the goal itself was excellent. Um, you know, the, the corner from Gross was superb. Uh, he was on top form today in terms of his deliveries. Uh, he was He just did a great job. Um, he found Dunk numerous times. Uh, I think I think three out of his four uh, corners found the target, two for Dunk and one for Byrne. Um, and, and for the most part, he looked all over it. Um, Dunk, he could have had a second. Uh, and, uh, you know, the goal itself was superb. It was the perfect kind of bullet header. Um, and for the second time this season, I think that is when that is a, a game that, that Dunk has scored um, and then conceded uh, or rather let in a red card. Um there was a penalty shout just before halftime. Um, for me, it was as clear as day. Um, Dan Byrne was just, there wasn't any attempt to play the ball. There wasn't, I don't think that the Wolves defender even looked at the ball, actually. Um, he just bodied him off of it. Uh, it was honestly ridiculous. Um, he looked like he was doing rugby scrum practice more than he was doing anything else. Uh, so he took down Byrne. Um, and that was it. 
Second half, Wolves come out the better team, just like they did in the first half, but that's okay. We don't mind that. Um, you know, we're able to allow them to, to come on to us and with the hopes that we can hit them on the counter, just like we did in the second half, first half rather. Um, and it all just kind of falls apart. Um, Fabio Silva uh, is played in behind the defence. Uh, Adam Webster loses his man. Uh, Dunk comes across to cover. Uh, error from Adam Webster, no doubt. Uh, an even bigger one from Lewis Dunk by bringing him down. Um, I know it's a heat of the moment manoeuvre, uh, but it was a it was a dreadful decision, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I would much rather um, have allowed Fabio Silva to go through one on one and trust my trust my goalkeeper. Uh, and and you know, if he wasn't able to save it, you know, we we go one we're one one just after half time with eleven men on the pitch. Um, instead, we take the red card. Uh, Donkey looks like he's going to be out for the season, I think. Uh, it's a three-match ban, maybe, uh, if anybody in the chat wants to correct me on that. Um, but a straight red is usually a three-match ban. Um, if he's going to get less because of the fact that it was just a professional foul, you know, um, it may well be pushed up anyway because it's his second straight red. Um, so I'm honestly not 100% sure. Um, all very strange. Uh, it's just... I don't know what he was doing. Um, and and uh, Booker Jr. in the chat thinks it's just a one-man bat, one-match ban. Um, so, I don't, yeah, we'll see um, as to whether it was, it's going to be a one or a three. Um, it's one of those things that I I think we were, we would be in a better place uh, if Dunkey had stayed on the pitch and, and we'd been at one-one. As it was, um, pretty much as soon as the ball went in, as soon as the red card was drawn out, it almost felt like that was the end. Uh, it, you know, we immediately sat back and you could tell that sooner or later a goal was coming. They brought on a damn Traore at the hour mark and he was all over us like a rash. Um, that second half, we sat back and just allowed them to batter us. Uh, they had 13 shots, five on target. We had no shots at all. Uh, they had 69% possession in that second half, uh, 89% success rate. We were we were allowing them to just pass the ball around easy peasy. Uh, they were all over us, successful dribbles, successful tackles, seven corners. Um, a lot of them were finding their men as well. Uh, we were dispossessed. We were giving the ball away a lot. Uh, Mopai was giving the ball away a whole bunch. At the top, uh, we were dispossessed six times in the second half. Neil Mopai accounted for half of them. Um, he was basically asked to try and hold the ball up with Welbeck and, and didn't do a great job at it. Um, after that, it felt like it was coming. Uh, it felt like it was inevitable. Um, and it all just seems very straightforward from there. Uh, Adama Traore scores a great goal from a 1-2 with Fabio Silva on 76 minutes. Um, and from there, to me, as a Brighton fan for 25 years, the writing was on the wall uh, that there was going to be a last-minute winner in some way, shape, or form. And sure as shit, Morgan Gibbs-White belts it in at 90 minutes exactly to, to score the winner. Um, Bissouma gets a yellow card. Sanchez gets a yellow card. Uh, and then right on full-time, uh, Mopai is sent off. Now, this is a strange one. Um, I would love to see what happens as this goes on. I, I thought Mopai was fine. I thought he played okay today. Um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't standout performer by any means, uh, but he did a good job as per usual of linking up uh, attack and defense. You know, he he did a good job leading from the front. 
Um, he had a good job, you know, passing the ball around. Uh, he he did a good job pressing from the front. Three interceptions, which was the second, which was joint most in the team today. Uh, you know, he did a good job pressing uh, from right up top. What I do have a problem with is the attitude to get himself sent off. Um, what caused that kind of outlook? Um, very, very strange to me. Um, Bisuma was very unhappy with the red card. Uh, Mopai was very, very, very unhappy with Connor Cody. Um, and and the red card came out of nowhere after Mopai said something to the ref. Um, I'm not saying anything was said, but it was such a strange reaction that it does make me wonder if something was said to Neil that caused an absolute outpour of emotion from him. Um you know, on the face of it, although we obviously wanted to win, um, it doesn't particularly mean a great deal, right? Like, I know there's a lot of people now on Twitter and social media that are convinced that Fulham are about to win four games in a row. Um, and, you know, if they do, I would say that Fulham probably deserve to stay up, right? They've won five games all season if they go on and win four back-to-back-to-back uh, against teams that are wanting to win games. They have Burnley next on Monday, tomorrow, that need to win that to be safe it's not like they're playing against teams that have nothing to play for um so you know if they go ahead and beat Burnley they beat Southampton who will also be trying to get away from them they beat Manchester United at Old Trafford and then they beat Newcastle I would say that they've done a great job and they deserve to stay up that would be my opinion on it um but I think that we uh we are just you know, I think that we're a bit overreactionary, thinking that we're we're about to go down uh, because we didn't win today. Um, you know, I I am very curious to see what happens in the coming days with this mobile incident. Um, something tells me that there's more to it than than what we saw. Um, I would love to hear and 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 understand what was said. Um, it's very very strange to me that that it took place. Um, in terms of the players themselves, uh, I thought Dan Byrne played well today at left back. Uh, he was absolutely had on his ass by Adama Traore, uh, but he did just about everything else correctly other than, uh, you know, after the hour mark, he was really just left one-on-one with Traore and not many players do well one-on-one with Traore. Uh, he led the team in tackles for second best was Basuma on two. Uh, he had seven clearances today, more than anybody else in the team. Uh, Webster, despite the error uh, that led to um, the, the the red card, uh, he, he also put in a half-decent shift. Uh, to me, up front, I thought Mopai was bang average, uh, to poor. Um, he did a good job pressing from the front. He did a good job linking up play. But once again, Neil Mopai is a striker. He is the man that is supposed to be scoring goals for us, and he did not. Danny Welbeck, same story. Uh, he linked up the play well. He he ran the defense well. He came away with two key passes today, two successful dribbles. Uh, you know, he did a good job pressing from the front as well. Uh, I'm not going to say that he didn't. One clearance, one tackle. You know, he did a job at all ends of the pitch. He tried his best. But at the end of the day, these two players are paid for scoring goals. Um, Mopai missed an opportunity that was a good one. Uh, and Welbeck didn't really have a great deal of opportunity. Uh, despite the the excellent play that we put together in that first half. Um, it really doesn't matter how many times you say it, we need a new striker. Um, 
it's not going to change this late into the season. I can't imagine anything is suddenly going to suddenly click. Um, it just is what it is. Lewis Dunk led the way on shots today. Uh, two shots, two on target. Possibly could have had two goals other than a great save by Patricio. Um, but other than that, you know, there, was, there wasn't a great deal uh, in front of goal that scared Wolves. Um, we looked like the better team. We could have scored more than one. Uh, but on the whole, you know, we didn't stand out as like a superb performance today. Uh, it was, you know, rather just bang average um but we've done a good job in that first half and we allowed ourselves to be turned over in the second um i i am not particularly worried uh it would take like i said an utterly insane turnaround um for for us to go down uh we can still although i find it highly unlikely we can still break our points record um at this point uh, you know, we we now have Mopai out for at least a game or two. Um, we have Donkey out. What it does is it gives us a good chance to continue to find ways to put people up top uh, that aren't Mopai. Um, it will be a good run to really uh, allow Potter to turn around to Tony and say, our best striker... Um, has just been sent off and we haven't played him for the last two games. I think it's too much ban due to the language thing. Um, I think it's a too much ban for Mobile. If they turn around and say, okay, we've now played Connolly, Welbeck, whoever up front, Zakiri, and we have continued to not score goals. Um, if we are getting to the end of this season uh, and, you know, hopefully a miracle doesn't occur and we stay up and everything's good. Um, I'm just going to be flabbergasted if we don't invest up top this summer. Um, if we don't, we're just consigning ourselves to another season like this. And as of right now, uh, Graham Potter is still very much in the running, uh, according to odds checker um, for the, the Spurs manager. Um, I think, I think Nuno is top. Um, I think, let me see what odds checker is telling me right now. Um, but I think that Nuno was top. Um, so let's have a look at the current odds. Uh, all right. So, oh, Inzaghi is now top all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, Inzaghi is top two to one. Uh, Graham Potter and Scott Parker are next joint favorites at sevens. Uh, they have way, way, uh, way drifted out. Um, I know that they were potter was i think nine to two this morning he's 15 to two now um so that's a big swing it looks like this inzaghi fella uh has came in out of nowhere and looks like he may well be um the the next the next Tottenham manager as we speak um let me have a look uh he is a uh, current manager of lazio um and looks like He's been there for, well, I know not looks like he has been there since 2016. Um, done a good job by all accounts, uh, 53% win rate. So it looks like he may well be uh, the man that may well be in line to take the Tottenham manager's job. He's now two to one uh, to take that job. Um, but they are not the only person or team that are going to come calling for Graham in the future. Uh, if we want to keep him, we need to allow him to invest in this team with his recruitment team adequately. I know that on the surface, he's saying that we don't need a new striker, but 
just utter garbage if he really believes it. You know that Graham doesn't believe it. You know that they're talking behind the scenes and saying, we need another goal scorer that's better than what we've got. We have to, right? Like, it's it's just obvious. Um, Fulham's last four games, uh, they play Burnley tomorrow. Big one for them. Uh, if Burnley can win that, they're officially safe. Uh, if they don't win it and Fulham come on and win the, against them, uh, that puts them six points behind Burnley with three games to go. And the pressure is very much on for Burnley. Um, they then play Southampton right after that. Uh, who are only who will then only be seven points clear as well, so the pressure will be on them. Um, so they're likely to run into a bit of a buzzsaw at the end of the season here. Fulham have to play Burnley, Southampton, and Manchester United back to back. Three teams uh, that are all going to be very eager to get back to winning ways. Um, Manchester United are currently losing uh, away at Aston, Aston Villa. If that stands, they do have two games in hand, uh, but Chelsea are fast on their tail. So that's going to be three games back to back to back with teams that most certainly have something to play for, which is great for us uh, because the odds of a miracle significantly, if I can get my words out, uh, go down. Um, when you've got players uh, and teams that are still very much in the mix with something to play for. Um, it looks like all three will be. So that's great news for us. Elsewhere, um, let's go from top to bottom. Elsewhere, uh, the, the tables have formulated and we've seen through our full pandemic season. Um, that's big, I think. You know, we, we came into the season unsure of lockdowns, unsure if the season would finish, just like the last um, we knew what we were getting in the terms of, you know, behind closed doors and all that stuff, but there was still a worry that who knows what was going to happen next, right? Uh, well, all three team, all three leagues, League Two, League One, and the Championship finished their season successfully, um, and the National League is very much on its way to do the same thing as well. So great for everybody involved. Um, Southend and Grimsby were both relegated. Uh, Grimsby went on a bit of a run at the end of the season, three wins from their last six, but it wasn't enough to get them even close to, to getting out from the bottom two. Um, Harrogate in their first game season in the in the professional leagues, Harrogate uh, finished in 17th. So good year for them. Barrow also stayed up. So good year for them. Um, the, the top three going up to League One are Cheltenham, Cambridge, and Bolton. Uh, Bolton seem to be making a slowly but surely resurgence, uh, so good for them. Um, I, I've never had ill feeling towards Bolton, so I'm glad to see them come back uh, up a division. And then the playoffs, uh, Morecambe, Newport, Forest Green, and Tramia. I am fully on the Forest Green train. Uh, I would love them to get promoted uh, to, to go up at the end of the season. Um, Newport are a bit of a playoff specialist uh, and they play each other in the in the opening round. So let's see what happens there. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to see a Forest Green win uh, to go into League One. Speaking of League One, uh, plenty of information, uh, plenty of drama happening there as well. Uh, Bristol Rovers sank back down to League Two uh, with a shock in 38 points. Swindon, Northampton and Rochdale joined them. Uh, sad to see Northampton, one of my local teams when I was back in the UK, but they weren't able to survive. AFC Wimbledon were. Wigan just about stayed up uh, by one point. What a fall from grace Wigan really have had. Uh, Milton Keynes Dons stayed in the division. Crew, 
had a good year, uh, finished 12th, top half of the table. Gillingham, 10th, good good season for them as well. Uh, and quite hilariously, Portsmouth uh, dropped out of League One's playoff places today on the last game of the season. Uh, they were beaten by Accrington Stanley, uh, and Oxford got the job done at Burton to push themselves above them. Uh, playoff spots now, uh, Blackpool will play Oxford. Um, I'm hoping for a Blackpool win. Uh, and then Sunderland and Lincoln uh, play. I'm hoping for a Lincoln win. Uh, and ultimately, I would love Lincoln to go up to the championship. That was where I went to university. So I have a real soft spot for Lincoln. I went to a fair few games at Lincoln when I couldn't make it to Albion games uh, when I was at uni. Uh, I, I went there for a fiver. So I really hope Lincoln do well and go up. Um, they were playing in the conference when I would go watch them. So I'm very happy to see that take place. Top two, uh, Hull. Hull make their return to the championship and Peterborough join them. Um, Peterborough have been pushed through uh, with the help of Jacob Johnson Clark Harris. Johnson Clark Harris has been an absolute monster for them this season. 31 goals in 45 games uh, and three assists, 10 man of the match performances. Um, he has been a monster. Uh, he is a superb finisher. Uh, he is a superb aerial threat. Um, he loves to get. He loves to win set pieces. Uh, I would. Here's a here's a controversial opinion, uh, but he will most likely be on my list uh, of possible striker signings this summer uh, because the obvious low hanging fruit like Ivan Tony is going to be way too expensive for the Albion. Johnson Clark Harris was superb. Got themselves promoted with Peterborough, and off they go. Uh, Hull and Peterborough back into the championship. Speaking of the championship, what a dramatic day it was yesterday at the end of the season. Uh, Norwich and Watford had already sealed promotion. Playoff spots have already been locked up with Brentford, Swansea, Barnsley and Bournemouth. We talked about that last week. The bottom three was certainly not locked. Uh, Three of four were set to go down. Derby, Wickham, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, After Rotherham got a point against Luton midweek. Uh, it was all to play for. Uh, I believe that at one point, every single team barring Wickham were safe. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, right up until the last two minutes of the game, I believe uh, Rotherham were safe uh, before Derby and uh, Cardiff ruined it for everybody. Cardiff scored an equaliser to, to send Rotherham down with Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham. Uh, Wickham were unlucky to go down in the end. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad to see them go. Rotherham are the ultimate yo-yo club between the Championship and League One. I'm sure they will be back. Uh, but let's just take a moment to all laugh at Sheffield Wednesday. Ha, 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 Because I remember several years ago when we played them in the playoffs, we were rest assured never going to play them again uh, because there are levels to this. Um, and we simply aren't at theirs. And I have to say, as it stands, you are spot on Sheffield Wednesday. There are levels and we may not play you again anytime soon uh, because you boys are finishing bottom of the championship on 41 points and down you go. Even if they hadn't taken the six minus points at the beginning of the season, that still only puts them on 46 points, which would have made them safe, but would have made them still the fourth worst team in the division. So utter shocking from them. Coventry smashed it yesterday, beat Mill 6-1. Um, they were all over the place. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a lot to talk about 
with the possibility of that playoff spot uh, in the championship. Norwich and Watford are just, it is what it is. Not really a shocking surprise there, is it? Um, and that just about covers it. Uh, piss poor from the Albion in the second half. Really poor from Lewis Dunk. Even more poor from Mopai, depending on the circumstances of the sending off. Uh, if it really was just him running his mouth because he's an idiot, uh, it makes me wonder how Potter can defend him but get rid of knockout due to attitude problems. Um, to me, that's, you know, it clearly looks to me like they both have similar issues. So that's the end of the season, uh, end of the week. Uh, we now play next week uh, against West Ham United on Saturday. Uh, you know, it may not mean anything. Um, Fulham have to play two games in the meantime. Uh, they play Burnley tomorrow and then they play Southampton right before us. Uh, if they lose either of those games, uh, they are donezo. Um, I don't think even if they even if they draw one, right? Don't they have to win all of them? If they draw tomorrow, it puts them on 28 points. And that means they can only get nine and we've got a 15 point, we've got a 15 goal difference. So yeah, if they don't win both of them, uh, then you know we're we're done. We're good. Uh, so the West Ham game won't mean much uh, and it would just be interesting to see what our squad looks like when we decide to play. Um, so that just about covers it. Uh, I will speak to you all next week for West Ham and have a good week. Uh, yeah, it was just not great, was it? And I woke up at 7am for it. So F my life. Have a good rest of your week uh, and we will speak soon.